Hello and welcome to the Decibel Boost Podcast, the official music podcast of the website Surreal Resolution. I'm your host, Robert, and I think I might fuck around and become the first online content creator to do a sponsored ad read for Crystal Meth. And with me, I have... I aged about 15 years on Saturday. <laughs> Football. Not even once. And... There's a special movie on Netflix and... Wait? No, oh, it him. wasn't on Netflix. At least not yet. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, people getting that. Oh, yeah, that was real. Well, the world was on Netflix, and I was like, well, 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 it was on Twitter for about a, a good five hours before I got taken down. I wonder, wonder, I wonder, I wonder, I wonder somebody immediately ripped that off and just say, I don't know what. This 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 is just wow. You got to work on your your shitboard. That's what yeah. happens when you fire everybody. It's nothing but piracy and dead bodies. Yeah, Fuck's sake, man. Plus, from what I heard, the movie wasn't even like any good. I mean, yeah, big yeah, yeah. We're talking heard, about late period SpongeBob, but damn. Yeah. They did again. It's like with Nickelodeon, where if you have an animated show, it either dies or gets or or or, or, or gets built to death. Yeah. Um. So, just a bit of a tangent. Sometimes, uh, me and my roommates will watch like a uh, bar rescue. I think it's on like Paramount Plus. And every now and then, we get ads for like Paramount Plus stuff. You know, there's a live action Loud House. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I heard that's what I'm, yeah, that's, that's what I meant when I said, well, damn it. Yeah, that's a letter of, well, to go book that shit to death. Why? I mean, the, the diff, I mean, the difference is, the difference is, what the difference is between Light House and SpongeBob is that, um, uh, one, maybe one created down a hero, the other is just a, well, a piece of an asshole. Yeah. Hey, hey, Adult Swim, don't air late era Dexter's Lab episodes, like, Nobody wants to see those. Like, yeah, something I mean, happened with Late Era Dexter's Lab? Yeah, Chris Savino took over and it fell off a fucking cliff. Yeah. Oh, wait. No, no way. Are you fucking serious? Yeah. yeah he he think, was yeah. Uh, part of that whole group in the late 90s of Cartoon Network, and uh, yeah. Yeah, I think he also took over, like, like the pop hookers, like the like the OG pop hookers in their late their <sighs> yeah, later seasons. Yeah, that too. Oh my god, this is explaining so much. Yeah, the point. The, yeah, the point is, everyone on the show didn't do so. They didn't do so hot. Ah. well, at least now and I it, know who to blame for certain things. Yeah. Anyway, uh, here we are, episode three hundred and thirty-five. So, how's everyone's weekend been going? Or week, it was a yeah, it, w- it was a busy week on my end for various reasons, and uh, it was also a very cold weekend. I don't like having to leave outside when it's fourteen degrees. Yeesh. not fun. My car almost died uh, on the way to my work the other day, but I still made it in one piece, barely. Not not fun, but at least uh, the cold is. Uh, Leaving for a little while, but uh, yeah, uh, the football once again was good, depending on you know some you know outcomes. 
Uh, my team won, which is good. Um, Buffalo, I, I am very sorry. Uh, feel free to sacrifice Peppa Pig to the pits at any time. Huh. This is a this is a very specific reference. Very few people will get, but if you've seen those Paramount Plus commercials with uh, uh, Peppa Pig and Josh Allen, it, it, it kind of makes sense. So, uh, yeah, do that, and I get to do the enhanced aging process again on Sunday. <laughs> I need a break from all the sports stuff. My body can't handle it anymore. Just give me one. Just give me one. <sighs> yeah. Aside from. Uh, all of that. Uh, I found a new weird comfort show. Dragon Ball. The original Dragon Ball from 1986. Which uh, I've not seen that show in over 20 years. Going back to it. It's kind of show. It kind of shows its age. Considering that dub was made in 2001. And they never updated it. Like ever. But uh, yeah. It's fun to go back and see. Uh, the progeny of modern day battle shonen. Yeah. I've always wondered if maybe that's something I should go back to. Yeah, just uh, be wary that um, so, some parts have not aged particularly well, and uh, some parts you just might, might want to just uh, cover your eyes over. If I'm remembering correctly, yeah. Yeah. I think I'm remembering a few things. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Mark, what about you? Oh, well, see, there's not much going on with me. Not much except the fact that credit fraud happened. Oh! Oh! Yeah, 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 apparently there was a false charge on my my card due to that. I do look into that. Thankfully, it got settled. I got my money back. I get a new new card because because of that, then. Yeah, that yeah, that sort of generally fucked my week up. That I mean, that and that, I mean, that, because, uh, that, uh, that because I don't know. I just, I yeah, yeah I'm the one of those where it's like, damn it, every everything terrible is happening. What the fuck? Yeah, basically, I was that was an adult. What was that type of episode? Yeesh. Yeah. Yeah, well, that, uh, I, I've I've ugh. been there too, so not fun. Yeah, that happened to me a while ago too, and that was a. Uh, process to try and get settled, but it did get settled in time, so, uh, yeah. Well, at least that's all sorted out. That's the important thing. Yeah. Anyway, uh, as for me, well, I had another show with my band that I played, uh, last Friday. Uh, I finally beat, uh, that their Elden Ring thing that all the kids were talking about, uh, two years ago. Pretty fun time, you know, when you're not dying horrible, painful deaths at the hands of uh, giant, evil, berserk-style dark fantasy monsters. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I mean, this is my third ride on the Soulsborne bandwagon. I do this to myself. It, it's like when I eat super hot sauce. Sometimes I just love the pleasure of the pain. Or something. Uh, aside from that, honestly, I just kind of... Went back to watching some Bob's Burgers over the weekend. I think, if I remember correctly, I started back from season five. Because I, I was I was in the middle of a binge at one point. But then I, like, left off. And I'm pretty sure, like, season five was about where I uh, left off. Specifically, the uh, episode where I picked up was the uh, Gene doing the fucking Die Hard musical in the school's boiler room. 
I like Bob's Burgers. That show is wonderfully absurd. Anyway, uh, that'll about do it for all this uh, intro formality. So now we're going to, uh, of course, move on to the usual business, starting, of course, with the uh, new song discussion for the past week. As always, there'll be a playlist down in the description so you can follow along with us. Mark your calendars for some new albums. Pick up, you know, some new tunes for your playlist. All of that jazz. Now, if, I could, uh, if I could interject for just a moment, uh, I have an update from last week, the two songs we talked about on the Hot 100, that kind of met Ariana Grande song did hit number one, unfortunately, but uh, uh, Jay Christ hit number 69. Nice! I'll give it that. Yeah, a, a, a bizarre segue for a 69 joke, but... Uh, I just wanted to make mention here because it's both underwhelming and also fitting in a way. Yes, yes. Yeah, we kind of like expected it to be number one anyway. We'll expect the ARR to be number one anyway. So, that must have been just what would happen. Yeah. So, let's go ahead and get started with the uh, first song we have on the docket here. So, uh, we got an announcement for a new album courtesy of the artist More Mother. Uh, last time I checked in with her music was uh, 2021's Black Encyclopedia of the Air. As I'll admit, I think I might have uh, forgotten about her 2022 album, Jazz Codes. But, of course, a new project has been announced in the pipe for this year. Uh, it's coming out March 8th. It's called uh, The Great Bailout. And uh, we have the first single here, which is titled Guilty, which features a handful of uh, additional musical collaborators. Specifically, Raya was a New York-based singer-songwriter whose debut album dropped 2021, if I read her site correctly. Uh, Lonnie Hawley, an artist, like an actual like illustrative uh, visual artist, an experimental musician from Birmingham, Alabama, and Mary Lattimore, the classically trained harpist signed to uh, Ghostly International, who I'm mainly familiar with for her contributions to various Adult Swim compilations over the years. And I mentioned that in uh, that name last because uh, when you listen to the track, her influence is felt pretty much right away. As a lot of the instrumental is this very percussionless, droning set of string arrangements, mainly a lot of harp and violin. You know, fitting given her background. And when you hear the way the vocals mix in with it, you kind of get what I assume is the more high pitched melodic backings that belong to Raya. Uh, the more lower-pitched sort of melodic droning, I assume, belongs to Lonnie. And then you definitely know, know uh, more Mother's vocals when they kick in. They have these a lot of these uh, very unnerving arrangements where the vocal passages just kind of like sort of flow in and out of each other, whispering and standard singing, just a lot of uh, very unnerving passages. In particular, the line, Did you pay off the trauma, recurs a lot in a lot of very unnerving ways. Like with all more Mother's music, this is absolutely 100% an acquired taste, so I don't blame you if you don't get anything out of it, but I have slowly become accustomed to her wavelength, and kind of digging this one, not gonna lie. Moving on to the next track here. Oh, hey, look at the time. It's Griselda O'Clock. Again. Oh, what? Well, yeah, we again. It's time, it's time we, it's time we can get with Conway the Machine. As you know, last year he dropped a bunch of he dropped a bunch of projects. Last year, I mean, the, well, 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 simply, well, simply last year he says, "You know, won't he do it?" And now he has, "Won't he do it?" 
Side B. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, basically that. And yeah, basically that. And we got a single out today. We'll, we'll, we'll sing it out then, like, which is called Give and Give. And, um, Give and Give. And, and, and one thing you know, is produced by, it's produced by the, 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 the production duo, Cool and Dre. Who, which it, 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 it sounds like familiar to y'all. They, I mean, that, that, I mean, that, 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 that's a better duo from North Miami, North Miami, Florida. And they have been producing some songs at least for, at least for almost two, almost two decades or so. Like, they do stuff for the game, Fat Joe, um, Jay Z and Beyonce, Lil Wayne, the DJ Khaled, blah, blah, blah. Like, basically, y'all, they, they, they've been around, is what I'm saying. And with and, and, okay, and with give and give, um, all right, all right, all right, you got this, got this, you know, got this gospel sample, which of course with this with this feeling of over Conway, and of course, and of course with this you know, over him with him on the mic, which all right, and Conway, Conway goes just as good as you expect, as you expect. We listen, 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 like I'm not for I'm not for Grammys, Mary, Mary, Good Morning Gorgeous, What Up, Baby, which, which I'm looking more genius. That's a that's a that's a reference to Mary J. Blige getting getting a Grammy for, or at least got a nominated for for an album, Good Morning Gorgeous, which okay, that's a oh, okay, didn't put the reference in there, but all right, they got a lot of underground of the rappers. I got bored of torment. It's my torture. These 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 verses. I'm waterboarding. It's going going my or more of a horror story. The forty poor I went this street of Stormin' Norman. I will say for me, like, like, um, yeah, like, I, this is a single. But when when I got the song, I listened to that and the and the and the, well, the video has that that song along with the other cut, Muddy, which which I which I which I should which I, I which I don't know which. That one's fine too. That I don't find too. Come to the ones on another thing. That, that that was cool too. But yeah, uh, but yeah, but yeah, 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 this song is not bad. Like, okay, and okay, and come with with our project coming out. Well, 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 it, well it'd be good. Well, it'd be good, you know, good to give give this once it's out. Although I know he might, he might make I don't know for, um, three more projects this year. He did it last year. <laughs> so, but, here, yeah, and, and, nothing and can stop him. Yeah, he 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 from West Side Gun. He did a lot of shit. And he and he's been he ain't been doing much. Or at least you know not as much as he usually does. But yeah, yeah, not much to add. You know, it's Conway doing his thing. Am I allowed to raise an eyebrow at the whole pregnant baby mama lyric? Hmm. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Just look up the lyrics of the song. Uh. It, when you see it, you'll know you see it, because, um, yeah, I kind of had to do a double take for a second. But, anyway, uh, moving on to the next track here. So, uh, we had an announcement a while back that, uh, singer-songwriter Chelsea Wolf has a new album dropping February 9th, titled, She Reaches Out To, She Reaches Out To, She. And no more reaches out to's. That's how much it loops around. <laughs> Anyway, so we already heard the first single a while back. Now we got the latest single in the pipe titled Everything Turns Blue. Once again, picking up from what we got in the previous song, the synthetic production here takes a center stage with this kind of droning, repetitious piano melody playing out against a mix of 
other synths, the uh, electronic drum beats, and a lot of other droning soundscapes backing Chelsea's vocals, you know, singing at that very kind of dramatic, fat, somber fashion about, well, the lyrics, the impression I get is she's unable to stop thinking about someone who pretty much ruined her life because, again, shit's, shit's really fucking weird. Sometimes you just get up in your feelings about all that, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's another pretty damn good Chelsea Wolf song. I've I really got to go back and re-listen to some of her albums. I'm really curious how this squares, how this might square in the grand scheme of things. But I'm digging the single so far. I will admit, it's trippy and darkly atmospheric. I dig it. It's got those lucid dark pop vibes. I think it's just great to just lean back into. Yes, yes. And now uh, moving on to the next track here. So, uh, it looks like, uh, both Better Lovers and Many Eyes are both ramping up their, uh, musical activities with some more, uh, solidified touring plans and potential full lengths coming together at some point in the future. Uh, we have a new single specifically from, uh, Many Eyes to talk about here titled Future Proof. Now, uh, something I've stated so far with, uh, the previous Many Eyes singles we've gotten so far is that it definitely feels like this is a music act that's angling for more... Well, relatively speaking, more commercial appeal in comparison to uh, Buckley's previous efforts and even what Better Lovers is doing. And that's never been more evident than with this particular track. The song is very focused on having a lot of very straightforward songwriting tricks in terms of, you know, the uh, chord structures and rhythms, the way the chorus hits with that very, like, hooky melody. And you don't really get a lot of Buckley's more abrasive vocal tendencies here. It's like a bit there, but very minimal. It's like it's like a dash of Frank's Red Hot as opposed to, I don't know, making a Frank's Red Hot Tabasco cocktail. It's... <laughs> Sounds dangerous. Yeah, I can, I can feel that in my fucking... <laughs> I can feel that in my nostrils now that I'm thinking about it. Ugh. Anyway, so the point is, like... I mean, the song is fine, but it just kind of feels like, is is this it? Is this what you have, Keith? I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's just me. That's just how I'm responding, but I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm a little more receptive to it. It is a bit more of a straightforward, quote-unquote, mainstream rock track here. It's not as, uh, for lack of a better term eclectic as expected uh, but but i like it there's an elegance to its simplicity here all right fair enough it's got to be someone's cup of tea i'm sure but uh now moving on to the next track here uh, the exact opposite of simplistic so as we've known uh, for a while uh musician isan is dropping a new self-titled album february 16th an album that's apparently coming in two flavors, the standard version, and another that's more a full-on symphonic arranged version of that initial release. Granted, the songs we've heard so far already have plenty of symphonics, but again, you know what I mean. Just there, There's a version that's going to be pure symphonics. Uh, we have the newest single here. I believe it's going to be the last one before the album actually drops. It's called The Distance Between Us, and it's definitely dramatic, that's for sure. Uh... As it starts, we get this very steady 6-8 tempo with a lot of 
drum rolls and these kind of subtle tom and hi-hat accents mixed in with all of those uh string arrangements that a lot of these very very intricate multi-layer guitar melodies that never quite hit on like a clean like okay what i mean is like a fully clean melody they're they're arranged to feel very deliberately off kilter and unnerving and menacing uh, especially to sort of match, you know, Isan's vocals, which has always kind of swerved back and forth between those more clean vocals and those very unclean, hefty bellows and such. It's uh, definitely a story of contrast on this one. Again, this one is definitely like an acquired taste, probably more so than like other Isan material, just because of the whole symphonic conceits. We'll see what happens. Uh, I'm bound to check it out, but I feel like it's going to take a lot to really, like, pull this off well. Hmm. It's haunting, melodic, and very well-constructed with the arrangement. This is uh, very good. It's like a what-if answer of Opeth and John Carpenter collaborating for a, a movie soundtrack feature on here that may or may not have backing vocals from Devin Townsend, unconfirmed. You know, I was thinking about that, too, because for some reason, Devin Townsend came to mind when listening to this, and I yeah. couldn't even really tell you why. Uh, but, yeah, that takes care of that, so... Moving on to the next track here, so... Uh, Jalen. Uh, for the past couple of years, she's been dropping a handful of, uh, mini-albums, as she's called them. I'm sure some would still consider them EPs, but she calls them mini-albums, but... Now, we have word of a new, proper, full-length album from Jay Lynn dropping pretty soon. Uh, comes out March 22nd, and it's titled A Coma. Uh, A-K-O-M-A, just for context. So, uh, we have the first single here, which is titled The Precision of Infinity, and is the closing track of the album. Oh boy. Okay. Man, I... Look, I've said it before, can we just, like, leave some surprises here? Anyway, uh, so this track, uh, is made in collaboration with, uh, an acclaimed and influential composer by the name of Philip Glass, uh, very known for his works in the realm of minimalist composition, and honestly, his compositional discography stretches very far and wide, so just to give the slightest bit of a grounding point, uh, looking at some of the composition work he's done for, like, movies and television, you might know his work from documentaries like the 1991 Stephen Hawking documentary, A Brief History of Time. Uh, he's also done films such as the original Candyman from 1992 and its follow-up. Oh, yeah. uh, the 1997 Martin Scorsese film Kundun, for which he was nominated for Best Original Score at the Oscars that year. Uh, he's also done stuff like The Truman Show and the 2015 Fantastic Four movie. Look, they can't all be zingers. Wait, but what? the point is, yeah, Fant Four Stick. Look, the point is, he he's that that's just only the slightest. That's barely scratching the surface. There's a lot. Just just look in his Wikipedia page. You'll find something. Anyway, uh, getting into the song itself, you could definitely feel the duality of uh, Jay Lynn and Philip Glass pretty much right away. Like, you immediately get the hits of, like, all the, uh, footwork production with a lot of those frantic, uh, synthetic clap snares and really buzzy hi-hat production. 
just kind of like very all over the place. But then uh, over top of that, you also have the various uh, orchestral accompaniments with a lot of these uh, cinematic piano runs that kind of ebb and flow through the song with these uh, kind of alternating between like a two note melody or these more lush arpeggiated runs and various other elements. It sounds pretty damn good in my opinion. I'm I'm into this. You know, you know, you know, one part of one part, one part like this. Hey, you got your footwork in my orchestral sounds. Hey, you got your orchestral sounds in my footwork. Tastes like Reese's. Yeah. But yeah, yeah I but, want Reese's now. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but yeah. This is a, this is a mix of like, uh, like I have heard of Philip Glass before. Like, I know there's this. One, I think that there's one one piece of work he did with a name I cannot pronounce. Because I will fuck it up, but uh, yeah, I, I, I yeah, but I still recognize the name of it. And 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 going this album, which has you know, which has appearances from you know him, uh, him and Bjork, and the Chron and the Chronos Quartet. Okay, maybe, okay, oh, okay, 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 Bjork and maybe some maybe somebody might know about the Chronos Quartet. But all right, this will be all right. It's, it's a good surprise. So with this, like, yeah, 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 this sounds pretty good. Nice, nice. Now, uh, I'm going to go on to the last track here, uh, one of the more notable releases for March 8th, uh, that, of course, being the new Judas Priest album, Invincible Shield. We have uh, the newest single from the album, it's titled uh, Crown of Horns, and uh, while the previous singles have been some real, like, fist-pumping classic metal bangers, this, it kind of makes sense that, like, for this one, they would switch things into more ballad metal territory. The tempo is very steady and slow. It never ramps things up to super intense, like, you know, painkiller-esque levels. The instrumentation keeps things very straightforward. All the playing is very strong to kind of enhance the, uh, a lot of feel of everything. Especially with, uh, Rob Halford's vocals and, of course, a lot of the, uh, nice shredding solos towards the back half of the song. It is good. I dig it. Hmm. Uh, the very liquidy guitar licks are a nice touch here, especially with the intro. And uh, for the whole track, it's got a strong uh, 80s thrash ballad feel to it. The tempo was slowed down. The guitars are filling, filling out everything to go along with Halford's vocals. It's a solid track. And you know, we've got a pretty good batting average so far for this new album, which shouldn't make sense because these guys have been around for over 50 years. Well, you know how it is. Some bands can uh, keep the momentum going sometimes. Yeah, Although Juice Priest in particular, like, I, I feel like they're, it kind of depends. Because, like, stuff like, I wasn't really into Nostradamus that much, for example. But uh, the last, like, what was it, uh, Firepower, I think it was called? Uh-huh. That one I liked. Yeah. Also, of course, as we uh, have, have determined to be true, time isn't real. And neither are we. Anyway, uh, yeah, that'll about do it for the news song discussions. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we have a bit of news to discuss here. Some more irritating than others, so uh, stay tuned. And we're back. 
we have about uh, three news topics to discuss here. The first one is uh, we're opening on a bit of a down note here. So uh, just getting right into it. It was announced uh, last week that uh, the Japanese rock band Chai uh, is going to be disbanding following their upcoming Japanese tour. Uh, according to the band, we're quoting from an anime news network p- p- anime news network piece of all places. Uh, the band stated that this is so the members can continue their quote journey of self love and fulfill their quote own personal visions. So uh, presumably, I think this means they might all pursue their own solo efforts, or who knows, maybe they might have their own internal combinations of factions that they do aside from the full four piece band. Either way, Chai, as we know it, is uh, no more. Which is kind of a shame, because honestly, they've had a pretty consistently solid discography, especially that last album they came out with. That was that that was just some really good city pop. They're, they're just good at that kind of thing, you know? Yeah, it is unfortunate to hear. I can say yes. Yeah, that sucks. Also, uh, since we're reading from an Anime News Network article, I did not know that they did music for a live-action Grappler Baki series? Mm-hmm. Or at least one of the theme songs? <laughs> that That's a combination. Fucking the city pop of Chai and fucking Yujiro Hanma's demonic <laughs> back muscles. Ugh. Ah, what a combination. And I see that they, they, do, they do a lot of, they do a lot of mostly you know, comedy like you know, comedy anime, at least anime that that both that both of us either don't know nor get or, or care to research because it's basically you know like I want to say almost children anime, like children anime, like I think like, like or something like that. I mean, they went for something that was part of us. They went for something that was from San Sanrio. You know the you know the same people that uh... ran the Resco. <laughs> Well, yeah, I'm, oh. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Yeah, yeah, and okay, and yeah, I mean, yeah, he has no, they, they, they do a lot of like, I guess, uh, I guess you know, since they have a version of Neo Kawaii, I guess, I guess that shit fits the in that shows, and and and, and it was apparently grab and apparently called actually Rocky thing. I might have to look that up. But yeah, uh, fairly well, Chai, and thank you for all the great music over this past uh, decade. Now, uh, moving on to the next topic here. So, here's a bit of a throwback. So, as some of you may or may not recall, back around 2019, uh, the rapper Vince Staples was doing some uh, stuff on his YouTube channel. A kind of uh, attempt at a web series called The Vince Staples Show. Which would have combined, like, you know, these little uh, narrative vignettes with original music. But it only ever released, like, two, maybe three episodes that I'm aware of. I know for a fact we talked about them on the podcast. Uh, before it just kind of, like, went dormant. And then, in the meantime, we got stuff like, you know, the self-titled album. And Ramona Park Broke My Heart. And that kind of thing. But, also, uh, uh, it- it- also, yeah, also appeared on... Uh- uh, a shows like Abbey Elementary. Mm-hmm. <coughs> oh shit, he was in that. Yeah. Yep. Huh. Might have to uh, check that out sometime. Oh yeah, he was also in that uh fucking what was that the White Man Can't Jump reboot. Oh How yeah, did that's that right. go Hulu. 
Uh, he's been doing things. And now he's doing more things. Yeah, so uh, we bring up the whole uh, Vince Staples YouTube show because it looks like now we're getting an actual formal, proper Vince Staples show. Uh, it's coming out February 15th. It's a Netflix exclusive, and uh, we already have a trailer for it. Now, uh, the vibe, or pretty much like the purpose of it, is that it's kind of a sort of surreal, absurdist comedy. Basically, this very, like, exaggerated take on uh, his day-to-day life. Like, I-, I guess think, like, Atlanta, but it stars Vince Staples. <laughs> so... This sounds in my bag. Yeah, so uh, just to... I'm not sure how to describe the trailer. I- I'm just going to read uh, some highlights uh, from that were noted down in the Stereogum article reading from, uh, quote, I note an on-foot chase, a gunshot, a beatdown at the hands of a mascot, and a bank robbery in which the culprit stops to chastise the other hostages for not knowing who Vince Staples is. <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 for my money, was the funniest joke of the entire trailer. Yeah. Also, Rick Ross offers Vince Staples some lemon pepper chicken. Yes, that is the most important part of this whole thing. It's what it's what it's what sets everything together. Because, as we all know, lemon pepper chicken is the reason why we live on this earth. God, now now I just want some. You know, funny story. Uh, one of my roommates has actually uh, cooked lemon pepper chicken for us. Uh, for dinner in the past. I'm now just mad tempted to like just go into a room like, I want some lemon pepper chicken, <laughs> goddammit. <laughs> and now since you mentioned now since you mentioned this show, Atlanta and lemon pepper chicken, I want lemon pepper wings. Ah uh, yeah, wet, the lemon wet, pepper wet. wet. God yeah. So yeah, I mean that's uh February fifteenth, about a few weeks away. The trailer <laughs> honestly looks uh pretty funny, so yeah. We'll see how this works out for Vince. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Give, give, give us mm-hmm. real shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, we needed a, a bit of a smile, a pick-me-up after that last one. And before this one. This is, uh... Yeah. Yeah, this right. last news topic is uh, the big one, uh, the big thing that everyone has been talking about. So, yeah, we're just going to get right into it. So, uh, Condé Nast, uh, the parent company that owns websites like uh, Pitchfork, is uh, merging with the uh, men's magazine GQ. Said uh, merger has, of course... I I mean, it's capitalist hellscape we live in. What do you think happened? Fucking layoffs. Ugh. A whole lot of layoffs, up to and including up to and including editor in chief Pooja Patel, uh, according to Anna Wintour, the chief content officer and global editorial director of Vogue, uh, announced the changes in a memo to the company staff on Wednesday. And uh, according to you know the memo, quote: "Today we are evolving our pitchfork team structure by bringing the team into the GQ organization. This decision was made after." a careful evaluation of Pitchfork's performance and what we believe is the best path forward for the brand so that our coverage of music can continue to thrive within the company. Uh, uh, I swear to God, I can feel myself like... Like, uh, I'm doing that on purpose. I'm just trying... That, that's like the most corporate PR rehearsed bullshit voice I can think of. 
Because, Jesus, fuck. Hell, uh, many people I've been reaching out to Condé Nast for information about the layoffs, and they, they haven't even said about, like, how many fucking people are being let go. Mm. But, uh, Jesus. Yeah, this is all, this is all fucked up, man. Yeah. Like, and, 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 yeah, we know, we know, we said some shit about Pitchfork. All of us did. Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, about that, about that, whenever we talk very mockingly or condescendingly about Pitchfork, it's mostly due to what I'm going to refer to as the old regime, you know, the Brenton Crescenzos of the world, who really made it into a very snobbish platform. Credit where it's due, a lot of work has been made to basically make the platform more hospitable in, yeah. in, in the last uh, several years. There's one yeah. thing I, I want to note here. Um, GQ editor-in-chief uh, Will Will Welch here at the, at the, at the end of this uh, variety piece started his career as a music journalist of all places, The Fader. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah I remember that website. Oh, oh yeah, that's Yeah. Sucks. The site that tried to uh, take some shots to Anthony Fantano for those very stupid meme videos he made. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so now uh, these people are going to be in charge of Pitchfork. Oh, boy. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, so here's my thing here. Like, first of all, this is obviously very terrible news, especially coming so soon, relatively speaking, after the band camp layoffs. Like, that whole thing. You remember that? That was only, like, what, three months ago? Yeah. Yep. (laughs) But also, like, okay, say what you will about Pitchfork, whether it's the old days, or whether, I don't know, maybe some reviewer who was there now, said something mean about an album you liked. A pr- their presence, as well as, like, the presence of, like, other similar sites, like, say, Stereo Gum, is absolutely a necessary thing in the music landscape, especially nowadays with more and more artists putting out stuff and more and more, like, you know, technological fuckery, so to speak. Like, you know, there's just this and that everywhere. It's like, you need, like, human curation. You need, like, some really learned, you know, music journalists to be able to, like, cut through the noise and contextualize all the shit that's going on. That's important. And to have, like, the gutting of, you know, Pitchfork and Bandcamp and who knows who might be next... Swear to God, if they go after Stereo Gum, I am going to fucking be living. This is just... This is just not healthy for the music landscape as a whole. No, it's not. And I I also gotta call it, because I have been seeing, like, a whole bunch of people, like, fucking showing their ass, like, oh, Pitchfork fucking talked shit about my album back in the day. I'm fucking glad their members are getting shit canned. Fuck you. Fuck off. Delete your account. Go walk into an open manhole cover, you piece of shit. <sighs> just, ugh. The most telling... They're- the most telling quote here actually comes from, uh, says here, features editor Jill Mapes, who said this, quote, I refer to my job at Pitchfork as being on a Ferris wheel at closing time, just waiting for them to yank me down. After nearly eight years, 
mass layoffs got me. Glad we could spend that time trying to make it a less dudish place just for GQ to end up at the helm. Uh, and yeah. Yeah, and I'm, and I'm gonna take a GQ and I'm taking GQ and exactly because I don't know shit about GQ. Um, it's, 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 well, it's a very quote unquote upscale kind of magazine. It stands for Gentlemen's Quarterly and, uh, it's kind of, let's just say what what Vogue is generally to women, GQ is to men. Oh, oh. Uh, this is just, oh god, I, this thing's, I worry, for, I worry for the future of Pitchfork coverage. Yep, it's just another yeah. case of big business slash private equity churning the knife in real deep. Yeah, sure, we'll just cut these people out here. We got more money to make ourselves. Story of every fucking business ever. Ugh. Yeah, like, okay, um, I'm trying to remember, because I, I remember getting word of, like, a, a bunch of these laid-off journalists from, you know, sites like Bandcamp and Pitchfork, and I think even, th- does anybody remember Noisy? Vice Magazine's metal blog. I mean, oh, that's blog. Right. oh yeah, yeah, that's right. We, we don't we, like we, a, we don't have time to get into the mess that is Vice Media. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just bringing it up because like I've been seeing word on social media where like a lot of those former writers are trying to get together to do like their own uh like music news startup thing, and like. God, I, I I know that's probably not going to be like the answer we need, but like God, I hope it achieves something, anything. I'll I'll explain it like this: in the wake of uh, everything Gawker did with Deadspin, came Defector, a much better platform. As a result, maybe something like that can happen here. Ah, uh, yes, Defector. The place where I go to every year to find out the weird shit people shoved up their asses. Not to mention the haters guys to the Williams-Sonoma catalog every year. <laughs> God bless you, Barry Pacheski. A man among men. But yeah, this, uh... This just sucks. Yeah. I'm not sure it's... what else to say. This just... This fucking sucks. Yeah, yeah this situation where even though if you may... This is a situation where, again, as you said, you may not, you may not, you may not, well, you may have some qualms with, you know, with what they, with these workers and music, but you understand, this is, this is, this is for everyone involved. Yeah, prepare for, like, a very real possibility of just the broader musical landscape getting dumber. Ugh, yeah. That's already happened. But... Uh, I yeah, I'm not yeah. sure we can linger on this anymore. Yeah, we've already vented, we've already bitched, so I guess th- that pretty much finishes up all the news. Uh, only thing left to a touch on now are the new album releases for the week of January 26th, 2024. Starting at the top here, we have a new project from Static X with Project Regeneration Volume Two. Uh, from Whitechapel, we have a live album called Live in the Valley. Uh, then we have a new project from Frank Carter and the Rattlesnakes with Dark Rainbow. 
And from Benny the Butcher, we have Everybody Can't Go. Yep. And all, yeah, all produced, and all production from Alchemist and Hit Boy. So, you know, it's going to be some good shit. Yep. So, so uh, now it's time to clean house and get the hell out of here. So, Alex, where can they find you on the internet? This show, the other show I do, may, maybe the main site if I ever get around to finding time to write about uh, things. Because as we all know, social media is a fucking cesspool. And yeah, just uh, avoid all the dead bodies for fuck's sake. Ugh. Yeah. Mark, what about you? Met of the media on anywhere you can find me, where I'm just, I don't know, talking shit, I'm talking, either talking shit about the Crunchyroll Awards or some, I don't know, some bullshit. Also, I'm on HyperOne, on HyperOneTheWorkers.com. Yeah, 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 into that or me, or me wanting about depression, or me wanting about depression, yeah, that happens. And as for me, you can find me on pretty much most social media places at Rob Barracuda. You can email me at robert at com for uh, questions, comments, concerns, and inquiries. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Google Podcasts. New audio-only episodes go up every Wednesday. So uh, follow us on Twitter at SuraRezo. Like us on Facebook. Uh, visit the website, SuraResolution.com, for uh, written articles, this podcast, podcast, ONA, all that good stuff. And be sure to jump into our Discord server, as that is the best place to be immediately, unambiguously notified whenever new stuff goes up on the website. Well, uh, that'll about do it for this week. We'll, of course, be back uh, next week with uh, more of the usual business. So, until then, I am simply giving a sage nod, because I know a plus-size elf anime is happening. (laughs) (laughs) Respectfully. Uh...